Hello, everyone, and welcome to the In Squash Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson. Uh, today, I believe, is episode 31, and we're very happy to have on the podcast the Swiss rocket, Nicholas Mueller. Uh, he's coming off a great season where he, uh, where he had some good results in the tournament, namely in the Tournament of Champions, where he got through to the quarterfinal this year and uh, on the way took out uh, world number one at the time, Kareem Abdul-Gawad and uh, had some other good wins as well. Uh, we, we had a great chat. We talked about uh, the season that just passed, uh, the successes that he had, and uh, the future that he's got going forward. I mean, he's, he's one of the real talents out there. He's in the top 20 right now, and um, he, I'm sure, uh, is, uh, can take it to the next level, especially after seeing what his uh, training, uh, one of his training partners, Rafael Candra, did uh, recently in the British Open, so uh, it should be should be uh, interesting in 2018-2019 uh, campaign. So we talk a little bit about his relationship uh, and his training with uh, Raphael and Simon Rossner. Uh, they train together in the summers. Uh, also, uh, we get into a little bit about Swiss squash, in particular uh, the Grasshopper Cup, which uh, saw enormous uh, success. Uh, this year, uh, and we talk about that. We he's got a nice little anecdote, which he shares with us about uh, Roger Federer. Uh, uh, I know you'll enjoy that, and uh, lots of other stuff there too. So enjoy this podcast with the Swiss Rocket, Nicholas Mueller. Welcome to the In Squash uh, podcast, and today we're delighted to have to have Nicholas Mueller on the podcast. He's uh, the greatest Swiss player of all time. Uh, the first. Uh, and only a Swiss player to enter the top 10, which he did in 2012. Turned pro in 2005. He's won multiple times on the PSA Tour. And uh, he's currently ranked 18 in the world, affectionately known as the Swiss Rocket. Uh, Nicholas Mueller, uh, uh, thanks for coming on to the podcast, Nick. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hi, everyone. Hey, uh, thanks a lot. And uh, I guess you're on on holiday now, uh, Nick, from uh, from your... uh, from your work duties on the pro on the pro tour seasons officially over um how was uh, 2017 2018 for you and did it go uh, as you expected well it's been a very long season with uh, with a lot of matches i started early in the beginning of in the end of august last year and with the european individual championships and yeah it's just been very long i played many matches i got Further in the rounds than the, the previous year, so I had definitely more matches than the last few years. Yeah, I'm very, I'm actually very happy with how the season went, especially the first half of the season was very good. I played some some great squash, got to the finals in a couple of tournaments. Won a 25k, was in the final of a 35, in the final of a 50, in the semis of a 70k, I think as well. And yeah. obviously, when I made the quarterfinals in the uh, tournament of champions in New York, I think must have been the highlights of for me this season absolutely yeah now did you get through the season unscathed in terms of uh injuries uh or obviously uh most players at your level there you go through some injury at some stage i mean I've, I've been having so many injuries in the last four or five years always a little legal here a little legal there right which prevented me from training as i wanted but this year actually was i had eight months of squash without really Oh, that's great. Having any severe pros- severe problems, as you can see, then the the results, yeah, were there as well. Um, and it's just different when you know you can trust your body when you play matches. 
uh, can you attribute that to anything that you may have done in your training or your uh, lifestyle or, or is that just I mean, a bit have, of the luck? We've had a very good off season um, in Germany in Paderborn together with Simon Rosner and the Rafael Kandra. We did a lot of uh, off court, off court work, including like a lot of cycling, a lot of strengthening the body and a lot of like uh, stretching, just do everything a little bit more uh, specifically than before. Probably any tree chopping. Tree chopping, yeah. Sometimes we went to the woods and did a little bit of tree chopping with Samuel. He wanted that. He wanted that. He was a bit better than me, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah, that's good. It's good to have that uh, good off season, and I guess uh, with uh, training partners uh, like those guys uh, and good friends, uh, I'm assuming uh, it mm. makes it uh, makes the hard work a little bit more fun and easier. Yeah, and, it, and this good thing about us three when we train together, that everyone has got a different strength. Like if it, when it comes down to like quick stuff. Kendra is definitely the best of those, but when it comes to like running and long stuff, it's Rosner. And when it goes even to longer stuff, I think then I would be probably taking them boys down. So it's quite, it's quite a good. Uh, we take the we take the best of of each other, and then we can just yeah show each other how it's done. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good. Well, I hope uh, this off season uh, goes well for you as well. I'll talk a little bit about that later. But uh, you alluded to. Uh, uh, the tournament of champions uh, just a, a little bit ago. It was your, uh, in terms of uh, the Super Series, obviously your best event of the, uh, yeah. of the season. Uh, you took out Adrian Waller, extremely tough opponent in round one. Then uh, former world number one, uh, Kareem Abdul-Gawad, uh, in the next round, and then uh, went out uh, in a close match to your buddy, uh, Simon, uh, in the quarters. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, on that event as a whole? It's uh, an event that I think almost collectively the players really enjoy playing. And what makes it such a special event uh, for so many players? I mean, just, just the fact that having the, the main show court, the glass court, inside Grand Central Terminal in New York City, I mean, it just, just that by itself makes it, makes it amazing. I mean, the hotel is inside Grand Central as well, basically, which is have to walk down the stairs and play. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a very prestigious event, and it's, uh, as I said, one of my favorite cities in New York, so it's only that much I can be about it. Yeah, is, uh, it's in Grand Central Station, uh, Grand Central Terminal, so can anyone, uh, I mean, I've never, I've had the opportunity to go, but I never took, uh, went, but uh, can anyone just kind of drop in or drop by and sort of uh, watch? I mean, it's like, it's, it's set up the way that uh, in the front wall, they, the people walk walk past in the front wall, so anyone could just stand in the front wall and watch. But like, obviously, if you want to get seating and you have to go around and get yourself some tickets, but it is actually free for the public if you just stand in the front. Okay. Does you know? that uh, have you had any uh, strange? I mean, New York is a quite an eclectic, quite a uh, dynamic uh, place to visit. I've been there. I loved it. Um, uh, have you had any strange uh, onlookers while you're playing? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. It's been quite it's been quite normal actually because the it's always the guys in the front row. The first two three rise, uh, rows, they they just uh, stand there and watch, and they're mostly they're little, they know a little bit about the game or right. Just most of them are supposed to be quite normal, but I didn't really have time to when I was chasing after the ball to <laughs> get the crowd outside. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it's a great event. I hope to get there. I was thinking a few of us are planning to uh, play in the other events. I know they have other... Um, the Grand Open, yeah. Yeah, events in that. So I might uh, 
see what I can do there, but uh, maybe see you there next year. But um, yeah. one of the uh, one of the tournaments, obviously, that's high up on your list being, uh, I would assume that you're one of Squash's uh, royalty in, in Switzerland is uh-huh. the uh, Grasshopper Cup, uh, which uh, which really I thought this year, I mean, it really made a name for itself. Although it's been in the on the playlist for a number of years. Um, this year you uh, you played Gregory Galche in the first round, and although you didn't win, uh, what was it like for you to uh, to play him uh, on that stage in front of the the home uh, home crowd? To be honest, when I when I saw the drum coming out that I had to play Greg, I was really not the happiest person <laughs> on the planet because yeah. for me, Greg is the worst player to play against by a mile. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But I think if you ask a top, top, just uh, your your styles clash a little bit. Uh, uh, yeah, I think if you just ask the top fifty players, who is the worst player to play against? I think forty five are going to say Greg. Right. Just the way Greg plays. There's not many people who can crack him, and there's a couple who got the edge over him, especially mentally. I think that's the only way to to get him. What is it about his game that that poses you difficulty in particular? I mean, he's just he's just super super quick, super accurate. I mean, I think he's got the whole package. Like, yeah, it takes a lot of space on the court, and he, his placement, his movement is just phenomenal. So yeah, well, he's got he's got shots, he's got speed, he's got power, he's got uh, agility, agility yeah. Yeah, everything. Yeah, just tick it off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, uh, I had uh, I'm assuming you you know him quite well, Steve uh, Bookley on the podcast a while just shortly after the Grasshopper Cup. Uh, I reached out to him, and he was he was great to come on. Uh, we talked a bit about the the impressive growth of that event over the years. Um, what do you think about the job uh, Steve and his team have done in terms of putting on what's turned into a really a, a world class event? I mean, Steve and his team—they've made a phenomenal job. I mean, everyone who went there—I mean, have played a few few events over the years in the past ten years, and just organization-wise, it got to be up there as one of the best oh, yeah. organized events. Just because a they're Swiss and you know they're always on on the point, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, no, every little issue they come up with a solution and uh, they just make it make it a fantastic event. They even changed changed a couple of times locations, but they adapted very well. I think now with uh, where it's at at the moment, it's just the perfect location for such an event. Yeah, well, Steve, Steve was saying that it was by accident that they changed the venue this year. Uh, for some reason, I forget what it was, but they had they were forced to change it. And as it turned out, it was a great, uh, it was a blessing in disguise. What was it about the uh, the venue this year? Because I followed it on uh, Squash TV, and it just seemed like such a the dynamic uh, venue with you know the, the the spectators and the players were mingling and. and uh, then you had the the players' lounge and and things like that. Uh, what was it about the venue that that really appealed uh, to you and the other uh, top players? Well, it was just it was just bigger, you know. Like you, you walk in, you have like little players, not players, like like a little village there with all the the stands where you can buy uh, rackets and stuff. It's just more space. It was just more spacious. So you had the speed gun, which made it, obviously made it fun. Tried to hit as hard as Cameron Fillion, uh, but yeah, we didn't get there. And <laughs> And yeah, with the VIP section on top where they can have like uh, food and drinks and whatever. And just the, the Grand Sands was like, it was, and the good thing about it, the game was a full from the first round till the final phase. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what, what, uh, what were your, were you feeling a bit nervous? I, I didn't 
actually, uh, I apologize. I didn't see that match with with Greg, but uh, the, it must have been packed, and the 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 energy there must have been uh, it must have been electric. Oh, I mean, always. I think when I when I play in Switzerland, uh, I think I've never ever seen a squash car go this mental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's just like five hundred people. Uh, with Swiss flags, you know, when you walk in there, I was waving the Swiss flags. It's it was just quite. It kind of gave me a bit of goosebumps, you know. But yeah. uh, but you're used to that a little bit. I mean, you've been on the big stage quite a few times. Yeah, and I like I like the big stage as well. You know, so I, I like playing in front of like five hundred or five thousand people instead of in front of five. You know. Just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just rise uh, to the occasion a bit. Yeah, well, you, uh, I've noticed. I noticed today uh, a little bit in my preparation. Uh, I, I, it wasn't list. Uh, I wasn't going to really talk about it, but you're you're in there amongst uh, usually uh, shot of the month or the hot shot of the year or or whatever. Uh, I think I noticed you had one. Uh, it was for January 2018 uh, against. I forget who it was. Uh, the the in between the legs, Nick. In betweener. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you 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 were, but you and Daryl Selby were battling it out for the. Uh, I thought you, both of you guys had the shot of the month. Uh, it was tough to say. Yours looked like a little more. You had less time to prepare for it. You know, Daryl always aims. You know, when he's down and out, he always aims for a shot of the month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, but don't tell him. Don't tell him. He always hits a shot of the month when he's like eight two down in the game or something. Then he comes up with a random shot. But, yeah, he had nothing to lose um, then, right? <laughs> Nothing to do with no credit. He hit two good shots. Um, yeah, yeah, he's got good hands. Really, uh, he, does have, he does have very good hands. I got to say. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So um, now, one thing I I, I noticed uh, uh, I read today is that you you had you've met uh, this obviously everyone's uh, favorite tennis player in the world, uh, uh, almost without exception, Roger Federer. And Steve uh, Bookley, I asked him if he'd ever reached out to Roger. To get him to the uh, to make an, an appearance at the Grasshopper Cup, he said he's he always sends him a handwritten letter uh, every year, and uh, uh, until now he hadn't received any any response back. But he did meet his his wife at a ski resort, but didn't bring it up. Uh, but he thinks that uh, one of these days uh, Roger will will uh, will make his way to the Grasshopper Cup. You've met uh, Roger, can you? Uh, I know the story, but you could you tell us a little bit about your your meeting with uh, with Roger Federer? Yeah, it was quite interesting because he sometimes when he's in Switzerland, he trains at my club. Okay, but uh, he's a very humble, humble person. So, uh, and as he used to play squash with his dad when he was a kid, just for fun. And I was training with number two in Switzerland at that time. He was training with Johnny Williams, I think. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, he just he just heard us play. He heard, oh, there's some two good players playing. And so he just uh, sat down, <laughs> watched, <laughs> us train for a, watched us train for a bit. So, yeah, my my string broke and I had to go outside to change my racket. So he stood up and came towards me and introduced himself as Roger. So it was quite... That's awesome, <laughs> yeah. How's that? Hi, Roger. How's it going? <laughs> then we had we had a little chat because we were in between like uh, in like physical session, you know. So I chatted chatted with him quite a bit. So gave me a little bit of rest in the training session, you know. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I live in uh, well near Dubai, and uh, one one of the clubs that I play at in the leagues, so one of the pros there. I think Rogers a, a member of that club. He lives, I think, part of the year, or sometime of the year in, in Dubai as well. Yeah. And he was just saying. Um, he saw his uh, circuit training routine one day. And uh, you might not think, uh, obviously with 
with his longevity in tennis and his ability to move around the court. He was just saying uh, how incredible his uh, fitness training session was. Uh, uh, did you get to see him play? Uh, did he play any squash? Did you see him uh, play? He played squash with one of his uh, other tennis friends. Yeah, that played a bit. He's very classic tennis player. He's very good on the volley and everything that's in front of him. But as in tennis, there's no walls behind you. So <laughs> yeah. he struggled a bit to get it out of the back corners, but he didn't need to because he was so quick on the volley. And oh, it's yeah. just, it just a pleasure to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that, that must have been quite a, an experience for you. Hopefully he makes it to... Uh, the Grasshopper Cup one of these years. That, that would really uh, raise the profile of, of the event as well. Yeah, that'd be amazing to see him there. Yeah, I'm sure if he, when he's finished with his career, he probably just pops down and comes by to watch. Yeah. Now, uh, you, you mentioned uh, John Williams uh, uh, just recently. You were training with him. I also noticed he was down as one of your coaches along with uh, Michael uh, Mueller. Um, are they still uh, involved with coaching you uh, these days? Uh, and uh, what was their impact in terms of getting you uh, to where you are today in the top 20 in the world? Yeah, I mean, I've been working quite a bit with them when I was younger, you know, with Michael. He's been my coach throughout uh, my junior times. And, uh, Is he a re relative? No, every, everyone is called Mueller in Switzerland. <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> According to the newspaper, he's my brother, my father, my uncle. Uh, they've said everything, but there's no relation, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, he's been quite heavily involved in my junior development. Um, and then, obviously, Johnny Williams, um, he was there always when, like, he's one of the best feeders. He on, was the, the last tour. great Swiss player, wasn't he? Yeah, but he was, he's not originally, he's originally he's Australian. Australian. So, yeah. so he's just became, got this Swiss citizenship in the end. Um, so yeah, he's he's very good in, uh, in in feeding the balls, you know, like just just uh, for for pressure sessions and stuff. He's he's very very good. Yeah. Obviously, he's always trained hard, and he can, he can teach a bit how how to work hard and how to suffer on the court. Um. Yeah. As I'm, I'm still. Well, to be honest, I haven't really worked with them for a while now because obviously, when you're on the tour, you don't really have time to to look into things, you know. Right. It's more like an off-season uh, thing than that. Are you, do you just sort of rely on yourself or perhaps you, uh, maybe uh, Simon or Raf, Raf, Raphael, uh, give you a hand in between games at some events? Oh, at the, at the events, yeah, obviously, you, you, it's squash. You don't bring along your, your coaches, unfortunately. So you, you coach each other on the, on the during matches. I always coach Ross in many plays. Um, obviously, I'm the better coach than him, so because he is higher ranked than me, so it must be that I'm the better coach. I believe, yeah, absolutely. He's <laughs> got to step his game up. Exactly, he better do. <laughs> yeah. Um, now the uh, I'm not sure if you watched the the match last night, but I I, I was on the edge of my seat uh, for that whole match. Uh, Miguel Rodriguez pulling off uh, that big win uh, yesterday over uh, Mohamed El Sherbagi. Sherbagi looked gassed right from the beginning, but um, to take nothing away from Miguel, he played well from the beginning. And also there's the, uh, the Cinderella story of uh, your friend uh, Raphael who got through to the, uh, to the semifinal. Uh, what did you think of this year's uh, Open? And I'm thinking uh, based on those results uh, that you, you might think you're right in there with a, a showing like that in your future. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it was. Uh, I haven't I haven't watched as much as I usually would, probably just because it's the end of the season. But the matches I've seen, Shabagi used to be looked down and out from the first round. But how, <laughs> just how how he managed to to keep on fighting and just dug in the way he did was very impressive. Yeah, obviously super super nice that the Colombian cannonball Miguel Rodriguez won won the event just because that's the first Latin American person to ever win the yeah. famous British Open. I think that's very good for the for the game just to for diversify sure. a little bit. That's not all the Egyptians winning it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, no exactly. offense to them, but it's just not the best if you have like twenty five Egyptians in the top thirty. But that's no, not no. their problem. That's everyone else's problem. No, exactly. Yeah. Um and yeah, Cinderella story man Kandra. It was uh, obviously everything came together in that uh, that event. Um, he's beaten some good players. Finished the career of uh, Nick Matthew. Um, yeah. yeah. How about how about that service from the right hand side? What what uh, did you coach him on that one as well? I laugh at him all the time when he serves like this, but it's actually pretty good serve. It seemed yeah, it but seemed yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah, but the first time you see it, he's like, what what the yeah, what, what the heck is he doing? But it's actually not too bad. No, it seemed to work well. It, it caused um, it caused some difficulties for for Marwan there for a while. Mm. It's just weird. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, big old Cinderella man. It was, it was the way he. I, to be honest, I have not watched a single match of his. <laughs> but, uh, but from what I've heard from multiple people, it was just crazy, just nonstop. With him, he's got a massive tank on him. You know, just yeah. kept on running and. Yeah, I think what does, the does, people, uh, what they, what the commentary, at least that uh, Joey and uh, uh, who was it, Simon Park, were saying that his heart rate never got above like one seventy. Yeah, well, that was that's impressive. Yeah, he's yeah. always been a fit. You know, he's always been a very fit guy. You know, he's he's trained, always trained hard, and yeah, I, it's just I'm just happy for him that he clicked. And well, he was a one-off event. Now, hopefully, he can reproduce that kind of squash in the yeah in the future. You know, everyone. I mean, not everyone. But it's it's a one-off thing, maybe. But if he can pull that sort of level of squash, then he's definitely going to be higher up in the rankings again. Well, I mean, he's a lot. I mean, a lot like you. If if ever you have to go through qualifying, you usually uh, make it through fairly easily, and then uh, you you always tend to to have really good matches, close matches with anyone that you play. Uh, mm. So that brings me to to this question, uh, Nicholas. What do you what do you think? I mean, you're all, you're right there with the best players in the world. What do you have to do to to get to that level? Like maybe like Simon at a, at a more consistent. Uh, level uh, uh, he, ha- he has to step up his coaching obviously but uh what other uh elements to your your game or your your routine or or what is it that you think i think it's just get it it's yeah. just the, the the consistency that's that needs to be upped you know i mean i can always play good squash for a couple of minutes um and no matter who i play i can always like match them in terms of my squash it's just about consistency about reproducing that same quality over and over again and uh yeah to work a bit on my my fitnesses as always yeah is fitness um, a problem I, uh for you don't you always look quite uh quite strong out there yeah well I, you can always be fitter right like look, yeah. at, look at miguel i don't think he would have reached <laughs> he would have won the tournament if he wasn't as fit as he is you know? well he, he's see, had the luxury of uh, playing his whole career at altitude right yeah not true through that through that yeah, I mean, squash has become so much more physical if you look at the people like like 
Miguel Rodriguez, and he's had the likes of Paul Cole, who are obviously yeah. super fit, and then Kendra now up there as well. It's gotten more and more physical, and I think you have to adapt to to that kind of game as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think that my fitness over the summer, I started to do quite a big push in the summer um, break, not break, but like summer training. And then hopefully I can pull up some of those wins. Obviously, I've had many good matches against those guys. Lost You've had. in five to probably everyone on the tour already. But uh, don't forget, don't forget, you beat uh, arguably the greatest player of all time, or one of them, Amir Shabana. Yeah, Amir Shabana. Yeah, but I beat him three love. That was yeah. You were on fire. <laughs> I played. That was that was one of my. That was what that was of my breakthrough tournament. Man. That was in the Qatar uh, Classic, right? Qatar Classic, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Good event to win as well. Uh, some decent money, or to to get into the deeper rounds, anyways. Decent yeah. money in that event. Exactly. That's yeah. it. Well, uh, you've got uh, now the summer uh, in front of you, uh, Nicholas. So, so what? Obviously, you've got training planned, but uh, I don't think that's the only thing you have planned. What else? Uh, what else do you have on your plate? A little bit of golf, perhaps. <laughs> that's for sure well this this is my first week of holidays now so i'm not going to touch the racket nor do any sports in this week uh, right. it's just going to be a college cheat week so yeah so everything you don't do throughout the season you just do it in this week <laughs> <laughs> and then uh yeah I'm, we're off on to mauritius actually on saturday okay for uh for an exhibition tournament squash okay it's quite interesting and then i'll uh, where, yeah, sorry sure where, I'll, where was that i didn't catch where where is the Mauritius. Oh, great! Oh, you'll love that. Yeah, eh? I love. I was there last year, so it's gonna be gonna be nice. Like Kendra is gonna be there, Rosner is gonna be there, Gote really? is gonna be there, Nick Matthew, Gawat. Yeah, Gawat. it's gonna be it's gonna be, be big. That's so, awesome. Yeah, and then is this an annual event? Uh, second year of, of the event, or uh... it was second time. Yeah. yeah, he's he's still not sure if he wants to do a PSA event or if he just keeps it as a uh, invitation alone. So this is one one guy like financing the whole thing, is it? Uh, Pretty much like this. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. Enjoy that. Um, uh, now, for sure. Uh, so you you do play a bit of golf, though, do you? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I'm, I love the game. I'm not as bitten by the bug anymore as it used to be five six years ago, but uh, right. I still love a good round of golf. Because yeah, of course, you're always in. You're always I've inside, got around. You know? uh, I'm going to play now uh, as soon as we finish this interview. Oh, then we better gonna finish because you probably have to go and play golf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, uh, I I've, I basically picked up the game here in, in Dubai, and I've like you said, I've got the bug. But um, oh. if, uh, here's a, here's a deal: you get to the Super Series next year, Super Series final. Um, I'll take you uh, two rounds of golf on me. Any any course yeah. in, in Dubai. That sounds like a plan. Yeah, uh, that, that's like motivation thing. I'm gonna be there next year. For sure. There you go. You got you've got that as motivation, and then you've got uh, you've got Kandra, who's who's gonna be uh, all fired up over the summer after the the results. So you, you can uh, you can fuel your own fire off of those things. Oh, for sure, sure, yeah. Well, Nicholas, uh, much uh, much appreciated. Thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Sorry for uh, interrupting your 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 break from squash, and uh, all the best. Uh, going forward perfect thanks for having me i really enjoyed it yeah i'd love to have you on again so uh we'll keep yeah. in touch yeah for sure perfect. cheers mate thank you both. thank you bye-bye well that was great nicholas uh thanks so much for coming on to the podcast really enjoyed that and hope to uh have you back uh next season 
Um, now, upcoming uh, over the next uh, few days and, and weeks, I'm going to put together a super series of podcast special, uh, hopefully a collection of uh, podcasts uh, with people uh, talking about the super series coming up, hopefully a few players, a couple of, maybe even today, we're going to drop the podcast with uh, Marcos Kern, the man behind the, the glass squash court uh, technology uh, that we see at the Super Series events. Uh, he'll be on the podcast today talking about uh, his initiatives. He's a real uh, outside-the-box thinker, uh, more so than I thought even from the beginning. So uh, it was really enjoyable chatting with him. And we'll have that podcast uh, coming up later today, hopefully, if I uh, have enough time to put it together. I think I will. But uh, first things first, I've got a squash game uh, to get to in a little while. So... Uh, I hope I uh, hope I'm ready for that. I'm feeling I, I ate a bit too much for breakfast today, so hopefully uh, within the next hour or so that'll uh, that'll uh, digest and I'll be able to move around the court uh, reasonably well without uh, getting sick or anything. So, uh, anyways, I'm hoping for a good game today. I hope you guys uh, enjoy your squash as well. Thanks for listening and uh, stay tuned for the upcoming podcast. Goodbye now.